Our lives intersect the lives of other people, groups, or even whole governments. What happens next is what I explore in this podcast. Welcome to Intersections. I'm Brett Dickerson, your host. Welcome to Intersections. I'm talking to Catherine Lippert today, and I got to know Catherine when I was doing a big story for 405 Magazine about Oklahoma City's tech community. And so, uh, Catherine, uh, thank you for agreeing to talk with me today on Intersections here. Um, you know, we kind of see each other. I, I just started going to these meetups of like the Python coders and JavaScript and all of that. And then, and I've just kept going because I, I just, you know, I don't understand. Maybe I understand 5% of what I'm seeing in the presentation, which is more than I was, than I understood at first. So you learn a little bit each time. (laughs) So, so, um, I, I continue to go to those because it's just so fascinating and because Oklahoma City's the people in Oklahoma City's tech community are just really cool people. I smart, cool people. You know, I found that as well. Fairly, <laughs> I agree with you. Fairly well-adjusted people, which is uh, uh, always fun to be around somebody like that. So, um, Catherine, tell us, uh, tell us how long you've been um, writing code. Anyway, about four years. A little over four, four years. years officially. What kind of degree did you get for that? Uh, funny enough, I kind of took a roundabout way to get into tech. <laughs> My bachelor is in business administration and right. HR. Yeah. And I graduated, did HR, did payroll. But with each job I had, I got more and more technical. Uh, so the company I'd worked for was still doing payroll by hand. Right. So one of my goals was, okay, we've got to get electronic with this. I mean, this is, you know, painful, right? It's <laughs> at that time it was 2009. I was like, Oh my gosh, come on. So as I, you know, as I go through all these jobs, I'm like, Oh, what do I, what's the common denominator mm-hmm. with all these different jobs? And it was tech. So I quit my job. Yeah. I got, and I got my master's in computer science. And I've been de- a developer ever since. So developer and coder and all that kind of stuff, that's all kind of interchangeable. That's right. Languages. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Computer programmer. Yeah. Developer, all the same. Are you an engineer? Are you a computer software engineer? I have my degree is computer science. Okay. Um, you, you can say software engineer. I don't use, I don't use the word engineer. Yeah. Uh, my husband has an engineering degree. Yeah. So did we take the same classes? No. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't use that word because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more like, I've, I think of software developers, software engineers as language experts. Okay. So while there is a lot of math, there is a lot of science. It's a different field. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very specialized field. Yes. So for me, Having a bachelor's in business administration background, I was able to get a computer science degree without having to take thermodynamics yeah, and calculus right. one through, you know, 10 billion. So right. it was, it's a little different path in terms mm-hmm. of uh, education. 
Yeah. So your husband's an engineer. What That's kind right. of engineer? Petroleum engineer. Petroleum engineer. That's right. Yes. That's why you're in Oklahoma That's City. That's right. That's why he's technically a reservoir engineer. Okay. His uh, degree was petroleum engineering. Wow. But yes, hence why we are here. Yeah. But we love it here. So yeah. It's good. Okay. Good. Good. Company that you work for is it is it a local company or do you work remotely? As, I, as I we work remotely. Say. We I was I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So my company is based out of Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Prasis and we work with insurance companies. They use our site. And when I told them I was moving to Oklahoma, they said, just work remote. So I've been working remotely for them for four years now, mm-hmm. I would say maybe a little less. And it's been a fantastic experience, uh, mostly because our company tends to use things like Slack. I mean, everyone's already online anyway, right. so we can chat mm-hmm. all day. I'm not missing out on that. Uh, office chit chat that mm-hmm. a lot of remote workers used to miss tell out us on. what Slack is for those for the listeners who don't. Oh know. man, Slack is like a sleeker AOL chat room. <laughs> so you know, if you right. remember back when in the AOL days and everyone was in <laughs> chat rooms, uh, Slack is like that. I mean, but much better. You get mm-hmm. these notifications. You can join. You can have private ones. You can have public uh, Slack chats. I mean, it's just really nice. So for mm-hmm. us. We use it to catalog discussions. Oh, what did we talk about last week? I need to remember. Then I can scroll up and I can see that. You can have private conversations, which are you can compare to like AOL Instant Messenger, right. if you will. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's, it's kind of the same concept. That's it's right. just a lot better done than That's AOL right. was. That's right. Yeah. I'm actually old enough to remember those AOL <laughs> days. Yeah. Um, I'm actually old enough to remember the message boards and when they, they got to the point where the technology would allow you to instantly read a message that somebody sent to you oh, on a message yes, board. Yes. I, I'm, you remember that I, I go that far back. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man, this is great. <laughs> it was like, Oh wow. You mean you can that's just have right. a conversation with somebody. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. And that same kind of feeling is happening today, you know, just with different things. You're like, Oh my gosh, we could do this now. Right. So it's a, it's ever growing. That's all, that, that seems to be always kind of the tra- trajectory of tech and that, you know, you sit there and you go, boy, it would be nice if we had this. And then yes. a few years later, it's like, there it is. We yes. have that. Yes. Right. Yeah. You create it. If it's, it's really boundless. If, mm-hmm. if you have the energy, the time and the resources, I mean, right. anything's at your feet, really. I mean, between being able to Google something and Stack Overflow and the developer community online, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, the world's your oyster. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting times. Yeah. I knew, I didn't really know about <clears throat> just how, uh, how remotely uh, programmers could work until I had a student in my class before I, uh, you know, back, back, back when I was a public school teacher, I had a student that kept falling asleep in class and, you know, she was a great, you know, a great person, but she just couldn't stay awake in class. It was an afternoon class, oh, which yeah. is always That's a killer, always, hard. always a killer. And, and so finally, you know, I just kind of talked to her a little bit. I said, you know, what, what's going on? And she said, well, both, both of my parents write computer code, but they're working for a company in India. So they're up all night, like, you know, talking on the phone and collaborating with with the people they're working with in India, they eat lunch at like two o'clock in the morning and stuff. So, so that whole house was just jumping all night long. Lights are on. People are talking on the phone. They're cooking at two o'clock in the morning, you know, so she, 
she just wasn't sleeping. It's just natural, you know, when parents are up, the kids are up. Oh, yeah, especially yeah. if there's noise and chatting. And food. Oh, and yeah. You smell food, the, um, cooking. and yeah. One of my coworkers, uh, she's married to someone in the military, and so they're in Guam yeah, right now. Yeah, so yeah. you it's very Same similar, deal. right, like right. completely opposite schedules. So some of our meetings are held at 4, which is 7 a.m. her time. <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's 7 a.m. she can do, and we're all still kind of there at 4 o'clock. Right. So it's a, so I definitely understand that, but it's, <laughs> but it's, what's awesome is that she didn't have to quit. Yeah. She can just, she can move to Guam and right. continue working with us. And because of Slack, because, uh-huh. and of, of course, and of course emails, but she can keep up and see what we've talked about mm-hmm. during the day while she was asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah. So that's great. Slack allows you to transfer files back and forth between, you know, you can just send a, that's right. I'm on a couple of Slack channels and, and it is a good tool. You can just shoot somebody a, a, a file and say, Hey, look at this file or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, all the different integrations now, because Slack is so used now it integrates with almost everything. Then that's it? right. Yeah. Uh, if changes are made on GitHub or Bitbucket, it will, Right. notify the channel if you set that up. Yeah. And so it's just very transparent. Mm-hmm. Now nice. I want, I want this episode to kind of help people under, understand the code world a little bit. Sure. Tell us what GitHub is. Oh, GitHub. Fantastic. Open source repository. So me, open source me, I know, right? And you're like, okay, that's a bunch of gibble to got. Uh, so open source meaning the code is not proprietary. So, uh, an example, it means somebody doesn't own it. That's right. Or they, or don't, they don't, don't have claim, copyright claim. To yeah, it. that's yeah. right. That's right. So, uh, like Microsoft windows operating system is proprietary. Right. You can't go in there and like, Oh, I want to change this. This is, you know, it's, right. it is theirs where the Linux system, which mm-hmm. you can parallel with Microsoft windows is open source. Right. So if, you know, you can submit what we call a pull request where it's saying, Hey, I have this change and I want someone to look at it. Maybe they like it and they'll accept it onto the, uh, right. the master copy. So GitHub is the, is a medium that, that holds all of that. So you can right. create a project and store it on GitHub through GitHub. People can see it. You can have conversations about it. You can submit issues, requests. I mean, you can meet people from all over the world on yeah. GitHub. Yeah. It's uh, fantastic. So it's a good place to find where somebody else has already solved a problem that you're trying to solve, right? A little piece of code. That too. It, that it too. might even give you an idea about how to solve a problem. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So especially when you have other people's source code that you can read through and see how someone right. else did this. You're like, yeah. how did they make this site? Oh, it's open source. I right. can look at the code and see how they yeah. did it and yeah. maybe build upon it. I think that that really shows me when I first started learning about kind of your world a little bit. Um, it, it really helped me to understand just how collaborative software development really is. You're some of the most collaborative, intelligent people I know. I worked in a hospital one time (laughs) and like medical personnel can just get really super competitive with each other in a negative way Mm. and have to have administrators talk to them and say, okay, look guys, you know, we're all trying to do the same thing. And that can happen. That can happen here too. Yeah, it it can happen. yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the olden days of thinking of a computer developer or programmer as someone who's in the closet, in the dark, typing mm-hmm. by themselves and you pass the pizza underneath the door, you know, and they don't really <laughs> communicate. Like those days are disappearing. Right. Uh, it is, like you said, collaborative. Mm-hmm. You're working in groups. You're talking with people over the internet or in real life. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's the landscape is changing. 
or has so, already changed. Yeah, so there might be some people out there that want to fashion themselves to be like like Neo and the Matrix. <laughs> Um, that, that lone coder that, right. that has turned his room into a Faraday. That's cage, right. That's right. You know, looks uh, cool, but, uh, that's, <laughs> that's the minor, I would say that's on the minority nowadays. Yeah. That's, that's really more a, a factor of somebody's personality than, than just the way that's, right. that's not the way code works. And code even development if you're, works even if you're by yourself, right in your mm-hmm. office and you're mm-hmm. coding, the odds are if, or especially if you're on GitHub, you're electronically talking to somebody, right? Yeah. You know, someone else can be looking at your code. You can right. talk to someone yeah. on Slack. So, you know, if you're uncomfortable with face to face, there's other means. Yeah. Well, it, I think that's the biggest thing that surprised me and, and surprises most people when I tell them about what I found out when I was doing the story was that, that the code world really is very collaborative and interactive and and one one person I interviewed, James Gray, uh, who is a Ruby developer, mm-hmm. uh, he, he said I asked him about this, and he said uh, that that on the teams that he's been on before, it's really hard to trust that guy who won't talk. That's right. Who won't collaborate? collaborate. Lone wolves. He was saying the teams he's been on really don't fully trust somebody who just, you know, says, leave me alone, let me do this, and then I'll turn it over to you. It, that's that's really not the way, that's not the effective way that works. Oh, I, com- I totally agree. Yeah. And that's kind of a recipe for disaster uh, <laughs> because it's a team effort, whether right. you like it or not. Yeah. And, and, I mean, maybe there's the one-man shows somewhere, but mm. odds are you're working with somebody else and it usually doesn't work out if you code alone without communicating and then you drop it and you're like, Oh, and I expect this to work flawlessly with everyone else. You know, I doubt that there are, um, some phrases now like mob programming, pair programming things, you know, that's in a group you're with someone now, Mm -hmm. like in pair programming, you could be sitting next to somebody. Y'all are staring Mm -hmm. at the same screen and well, someone will just, you know, take control of the keyboard and yeah. it's like, okay. And then you switch, you push the keyboard over and you're like, all right, now you take control of the keyboard, but we're both still working together on the screen. Wow. wow. I've, I've done that That's remotely. That's just super collaborative. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's fan- It's, mm-hmm. I've had really good experience with pair programming and we do it remotely with Google Hangout. Yeah. Share the screen. Right. It's easy, easy peasy. So the technology itself, the background technology that you use now, what you consider to be background technology has allowed for really more collaboration. Absolutely. We've already talked about Slack, Google Hangout, Google Docs. Right. It makes it easy. And with Google, it's free. Yeah. Slack, you can use their free version. Right. It's hard not to use. But a lot of people don't use it. Or they don't know about it. (laughs) Right. That's right. Or, you know, yeah knowing about it and then getting your company to jump on board. Right. So it's two different separate things. Uh, one great thing about who I work for, they really let us try new things We're like, right. Hey, you know, um, Skype wasn't working how we liked mm-hmm. it. Let's, let's try Google hangout. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, okay. They really let us have right. ownership of what we want to do. It really has to do with the leadership in any given company. I would agree. It? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People who have read some about tech and about the tech world and the code world undoubtedly have, you know, seen some stories about, you know, some kind of horror stories about women right. in the, in the code community. And, um, I can, 
I can just say be, before before I did the story and really learned about Oklahoma City's tech community, that that was kind of my my view is that the, these are a bunch of misogynistic guys mm-hmm. who who really are you know basically kind of the junior high kind of the mid high girls aren't level. invited yeah you know, this is our club. clubhouse yeah kind of thing right and but but when I actually um, got involved closer got closer locally here. I, I can just say after about a year, I, I just, maybe people are doing a good job of hiding it, but I, I just haven't seen that. I haven't sensed that being around Oklahoma City's tech community. I agree with you completely. It's about who you surround yourself with. Right. And, and in terms of the Oklahoma City community in particular, Techlahoma is the nonprofit right. that oversees a ton of user groups. Mm-hmm. The Ruby you talked about, yeah. Code for OKC, right. JavaScript, Python, Python right. yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So they have a code of conduct that all the user groups uh-huh. that fall underneath its umbrella have to abide by. Mm-hmm. And it's not just this pretty piece of paper. Like they actually, they act upon it. If you feel uncomfortable, you report it and say, Hey, this happened. Let's talk about it. Right. It's very transparent. Mm-hmm. And that really encourages people to be honest. It's like, right. okay, maybe this, this did happen. Let's see. And it kind of weeds out the people who are mean are companies have companies gone that route also maybe maybe if for no other reason for legal defense their attorneys tell them to do that uh but you know i just i just don't see that culture anymore you know from some of those earlier days right you know I'm I'm thinking about one conference in particular where a couple of guys were just being total butts and it kind of got out on social media and, and, you know, where a woman was up there trying to explain something and they were acting like a couple of middle school kids, you know, and, and that, that was kind of the image there. I wonder if that's a little bit of a generational thing too. You are uh, kind of the next generation, aren't you? Kind I would of like to think the- so. From the like boys club so. coders. Because yeah. I, even in my, my company that I work for out of Louisiana, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this before we talked and I was like, I have all good experiences. Yeah. And I was thinking, why is that? Because it happens. Yeah. Girls get disrespected. I, we know, we all know it happens, sure. yeah. but why, you know, why do I not resonate with that? Right. And I really truly believe it's because they hire kind people. Mm-hmm. It's kindness is one of the characteristics that our company lists underneath things they want to hire people they want to hire yeah. uh, what kind of people do we want yeah and you you want a person who's kind yeah and and that was before all that you know and my company's not just a tech the company they have other departments yeah so this is just a generalization and i was really thinking about that and i think in techlahoma in the oklahoma city tech mm-hmm. community people are kind they're respectful yes uh, that's been my experience yes being yes honest. and i i agree and I've, yeah. I've been to quite a few meetups you know i go that's to the right. ruby meetup i go to the python javascript right. um and i just you know i have pretty good intuition about people and i i just i even went to thunder plains last year you know just just to kind of get a little deeper in and that's i just didn't i didn't see that if there're still programmers around <laughs> You know, that, you know, that, where that, are they? that, that term, you know, the, you know, the slick guy, kind mm-hmm. of fraternity looking guy that drives a Maserati. And, you know, that's, that's, that's right. kind of what we mean by programmer, you know, somebody that really like, you know, sees women as just, you know, another part of uh, people they occasionally, you know, consort with sometimes that 
I just haven't run across that kind of programmer at all. I mean, I, I just haven't. I think we've, uh, the community as a whole has done a good job in Oklahoma to nip that in the bud. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's, there are people like that that have that kind maybe of, maybe in Silicon Valley. Um, maybe yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That have that I'm, you know, greater than thou kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not going to take, than that's right. Yeah. I'm not going to take your advice. You know, how dare you know that? And, and guys can do that to other guys too. I mean, sure. on GitHub, since it's an open community, mm-hmm. you could read the comments. You know, people right. can be mean to the same gender as well, but I think because there's already less women, right. getting that kind of, discouragement. Right. It's just like, oh gosh. And now, you know, I wasn't sure to begin with, and now I'm really not sure because I'm getting attacked. Right. So I could, you know, for me, I definitely would have been way uncomfortable. I would still be uncomfortable if someone attacked my code <laughs> in, in such a way that was like demeaning. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh man. But at the end of the day, I'm like, Hey, that's their opinion. Yeah. You know, I know my worth as mm-hmm. a developer. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. I know my stuff. I got right. a degree just like anybody else. Right. And, you know, whatever. So you just, I would just brush it off. If Does that actually start in school? It, se- it seems like in your degree program in s- school uh, that, that like, you know, the just the degree, the culture of mm-hmm. the department that you're in, that that would, that would be the start of something good or bad, right? That's are right. There, are there more females teaching in, in computer science? Oh. Uh, I have one female teacher. Mm-hmm. So majority, I mean, majority are definitely guys. Yeah. I would say when yeah. I went through, right. uh, the user groups are majority guys. My company's done a pretty good job at hiring a, a handful. Of, we have a good amount of women mm-hmm. enough to where I was like, Oh, we have, there's a, quite a bit of ladies in here. <laughs> like, so I, I think, you know, you talked about it being a generational shift yeah. and the more we promote it, in young girls, right. I'm like high school level, right. middle school level mm-hmm. with STEM programs that are happening in elementary yes. school level yes. that make it the norm. And mm-hmm. because I wasn't exposed to programming until after college, yeah. I, oh my gosh, all those years I lost where, you know, some, somebody else was just coding on their own at home in high school. Right. There wasn't a class or an elective I could take. Right. It just yeah. wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I think would increase more females in the field just to have people just uh, the knowledge about it. Yeah. Here in Oklahoma city, uh, the nerdy girls, that's uh, right. The, uh, the program, the Amanda Harlan and other people are working with that to really encourage girls to think of themselves as these are like elementary kids, middle school girls, right. high school girls to think of themselves in that, in that way. Yeah. I might become a, I might, I might become a developer someday. There's girls who code. That's a national group. Mm -hmm. So they're really pushing for it. For me, coding was out of my comfort zone to begin with. Right. So, okay. That I was a girl. Honestly, I don't think it even registered because I was so out of, I was taking a risk, quitting my job. Like I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be a programmer. I'm really going to commit to this. Um, and that, and it was just probably luck that no one was like, well, but you're a girl. You shouldn't, you know, do you really know this? You know, <laughs> Part but, of that has to, has to do with your family background too, doesn't it? You said you grew up in a big family, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. So you kind of learned how to hold your own, had some brothers in your family. True, true. Two brothers and a sister. Yeah. So yes, four kids. I did. Well, and you a lot. You kind of learned how to fight those brothers, didn't That's you? That's right. Well, yeah. yes, I was in between. Yeah. <laughs> One younger, one older. So I was in between two boys. And for us, my parents <laughs> always, it was, 
only as an encouragement. Yeah. Like, Hey, you're smart. Yeah. You can do it. You know, why not go what for it? it? Yeah. Just go for it. See. And what's cool with computers uh-huh. is that you can just learn online. Yeah. You, I mean, I, you don't have to go the route I did. Mm-hmm. You have for free internet classes. Harvard's, um, intro into computer science is available online. Stanford's done that for a Stanford long time. Stanford does it. They? MIT yeah. does it mm-hmm. on all these classes. And of course it takes a little bit of self-control to actually sit through all of them. <laughs> but so for me, I needed accountability of a teacher in a grade, right. but those classes are free. It encourages you to learn even after school. And I don't know of a lot of other careers that have that kind of exposure. So you have a daughter. That's right, Madeline. Yes. And so, and so are you going, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to raise her the same way oh you my were gosh, raised, yes. which I can't is wait. whatever it is you want to do, go out there and do it. That's right. right. Oh, and I'm going to let her know about computers as soon as possible. <laughs> I, Cause I just wish that was something someone had said, Hey, you can, you should think about this. Right. Even though I wasn't the super strong math and science student, you know, I could, you can still program. It's yeah. uh it's a different way of thinking. You know, you want to be detail oriented and persistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're able to take some risks and get out of your comfort zone. And really, I would think another characteristic for a developer is just to stay curious. Right. And to be able to communicate. Communication yes. really is a key element to developing code nowadays, right. isn't it? That's right. I would think... I, I mean, hard pressed to find a job that doesn't need communication. I think that's something that's there's just a the lot board. more pressure there now. I isn't think there? so. All the way around. You better be a good communicator. Or you're that's not going right. to go very far in much of anything. That's nowadays. right. That's yeah. right. That's something I strive to improve all the time because I'm like, oh, they didn't, you know, some a new piece of code will be released that day, and then something else breaks, and I was like, oh, I didn't communicate the changes to yeah. who I thought I needed to. You know, it's a constant improvement. It really is a collaborative effort, isn't it? Right. Like a big time collaborative yes. effort. I think, I think, um, well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that because most ordinary people are just users, um, spend a lot of time alone in front of their computer, they imagine that writing that code is kind of an alone kind of thing too? Do you think it's because of how we use our computers a lot? That's an interesting that thought. It, that it seems solitary, but it, it boy, I mean, y- you just gave a great example right there about how uh, it's a matter of just constant collaboration and communication mm-hmm. in order to develop really effective code. I, I, oh, yes. If you're developing <laughs> a program by yourself, if you're making a website, you're the only developer, okay, probably not a lot of communication needed right. if you're making something solo. The second you bring somebody else in, that's, that's when, okay, now we got to up the communication. And for me, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we have our developer team, we have a data team, we have a DevOps team. So we've grown enough to where it's like, right. okay, it's not just one other person I have to talk to. I need to talk to this whole group and make sure, you know, who, who knows the piece of information or who needs to know this piece <laughs> of information that I have? Have I communicated it to everyone? Yes. And sometimes you learn the hard way, but I think. Working alone, I worked alone at the beginning. Like I would say mm. when I was teaching myself how to code, when I was right, when wanting to say, yes, like I'm like, do I like this? Right. I went on some free sites and just took my hand at it, right? I just tried my mm-hmm. hand at it and said, okay, let's see if I can do this, see if I like it. Uh, and then I used Google and, and Stack Overflow is a site where you can ask questions and the public can submit answers to it. Mm. It's a fantastic resource. 
I would read through some of those if I couldn't figure out something. Yeah. So kind of a form of collaboration, right? I'm using somebody yeah. else's help already. Already. Yeah. And even even sitting right. there by yourself, you that's learn how right. to collaborate, don't you? That's right. If you being a yeah, yeah, that's right. Using Stack Overflow. So maybe I was most solo at the beginning, but I mean when I interned, mm-hmm. bam, you're in a group. There you are. From then on out. Right. Mm-hmm. Catherine Lippert, thank you very much for your time today. Oh, this thank is, you for having this me. This has been a fascinating conversation. Thanks for giving us kind of a an inside view to your world a little bit, and thanks for taking your lunch period here. <laughs> You're about to go back and continue to work right. here in just, just a few minutes. So thank you very much. I appreciate you having this conversation with me. Thank you. It was a great time. That concludes our interview. There are several ways for you to catch this weekly podcast. Go to our website at intersectionsok.com where you can subscribe, listen to episodes, read the backstory, and see photos of our guest. On iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and our Facebook page, we are Intersections Oklahoma. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Intersections OK. I always want to hear about the cool people in your life, so write to me. My email address is ideas at intersectionsok.com Stephen Tyler is our awesome production advisor and I am your host Brett Dickerson